What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast. Man, what a time it is right now. What a time it is right now in our country with everything that's going on. And I water with myself about making this podcast. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, As a black man in America, this is nothing new. This is nothing new. But what I want to challenge you all on is that this is a layered issue. And I know that there are a lot of people that are hurt. I know that there are a lot of people that are angry, afraid. Some people are now just being made aware of the situation. And we have to remember that we're all in this together. Okay? We are all humans. We are all creations of Christ. Whether black, white, brown, pink, yellow, whatever orientation, whatever religious view, at the end of the day, we're all humans. And so I'm not here to tell you how to think. I'm not here to tell you how to feel. I'm just here to maybe give you some insight on my perspective as a black male. Um, And if you learn something from it, awesome. If you got too much going on, cut the podcast off. Now, I just want to be really clear. Um, This is a issue that is not going to be solved overnight. Um, I was speaking to a gentleman on Sunday and he owns one of the oldest furniture stores in downtown Raleigh. Um, His store was looted. It was vandalized. They tried to set one of the beds on fire. And believe it or not, the next night they came back and tried to set his establishment on fire again. And it was so funny because with all the noise, with all the chatter, with all the everything that's going on, we're beginning to lose what message we're trying to send. Right. And this is a man who looks like me. It's a black man. And his business was destroy why because people want justice now I say that as an example because this is how much this is a layered issue okay I watched the video of George Floyd it's not something that's new to me police brutality is not new and mind you I want to even challenge people who think that this is a race issue. Now, I'm not saying that police brutality is not disproportionately linked to minorities or people of color because it is. Statistics have proven that again and again and again over years. But what I do want to challenge people is make the issue the issue. Let's not so quickly divide ourselves 
and say, this is a black thing. This is a white thing. This is a cop thing. Guys, we're talking about police brutality, which can affect anyone. And I understand that it was a white cop on a black male's neck for eight minutes and however seconds. But the real issue here is that a life was lost at the hands of someone who me personally, I think he made a mistake. That's just my opinion. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't take away the anger. It doesn't take away the fear. But we have to realize, and when I say we, I'm talking about all people. Justice takes time. Justice takes time. And if we are going to get justice, and when I say we, I'm talking about we as people, no matter what color you are, we need to make sure that we are going about it in the right way. The message of justice, the message of in police brutality, the message of unity among people gets lost in the negative. It gets lost when there's a bunch of noise. It gets lost in all the social media posts. Newsflash, y'all. Social media posts don't fix anything. They don't. Everybody has a voice that can be potentially saying similar things, but saying nothing at all. It's just noise to us. We're so ADD in this time. We've forgotten that we're in a pandemic. Think about that. We've forgotten that COVID-19 is still running rapid. How many of us are contracting this evil disease? (laughs) And I say evil because it's taken away a lot of lives, whether we believe it's real or not. It's something. Um, We've forgotten about that. Right. And so I just want to challenge you to stop reacting and just take a second to think. Take a second to form your own opinion and then ask yourself, what am I going to do to make a difference? What conversations am I going to have? With people who look like me and with people who don't look like me. And then do something that will actually have a positive impact. You know, the year is 2020. It's an election year. How come we aren't challenging our leaders to make changes? Think about that. Everyone wants to do all these things. No one's going to our political leaders on the state and local level and saying, hey, what's your plan to make sure that this doesn't happen again? And my reason for bringing that up is plain and simple. Think about how fast when this pandemic began to run rapid, 
they produce the stimulus package. They produce billions of dollars to bail out businesses. Don't you think they can come up with something to help end police brutality for everybody? Why are we not challenging those who are to protect us? Who are to put systems in place? And if you say, hey, I'm not a political person. Hey, I don't. Let me tell you, that's the reason why we have government in place. They are supposed to work and serve the people. Just like police officers are are supposed to protect and serve. And we're not even going to get into all that they have to endure on a daily basis. Right. Because you can feel whatever way you want about police, but not all policemen are bad. Not all policemen are bad, but it's the bad apples that spoil the bunch. That create anxiety amongst all of us. And so I just want to challenge you to not just be a loud, noisy voice, but to actually take positive action that brings about change. Okay. Justice is not an instantaneous thing. Justice is not destroying communities. Justice is not feeling like you need to take the weight or responsibility for something that you didn't do. All right. I've been blessed to grow up as a black male. I've been blessed to be surrounded by people from all over the world. People who don't look like me. People who didn't grow up the way I grew up. And I'll be honest with you, it's been interesting over the past few days. I've spoken to some friends that I haven't even spoken to in years. And they've reached out and said, hey, man, I want to apologize. Or, hey, man, I hope you're okay. Hey, man, I hope you're being safe. And... To be honest with you, I don't want any of my friends who don't look like me to feel guilty. And I'll just tell you kind of my take on this. As a black man, I can distinctly remember when I was about seven or eight years old my mother calling me into her room and saying, Brian, we need to talk. And she sits me down. She looks me in my eyes and says, son, I need you to understand something. First off, You need to be proud of who you are. God made no mistakes with how he made you. And you also need to realize that you have three strikes against two, excuse me, two strikes against you. And I said, Mom, what do you mean two strikes? I I get baseball, but I really don't. You know, what are you trying to say? She said, honey, one strike, you're black. Second strike, you're male. She said, as much as I love you, honey, I want you to be safe. 
She says, you always have to remember that everywhere you go for the rest of your life. She says, Brian, you're going to be tall. You're going to be bigger than most people. So you have to remember you already have two strikes against you. One, you're black. Two, you're male. So you're always going to be deemed as more aggressive, regardless of if you're doing anything or not. And honey, I know you got toy guns, but you can't play with toy guns anymore. So go in your room and get all your toy guns and we're going to throw them away because I want you alive. I want you safe. And you remember why mom always told you to take your hoodie off because I don't want anybody to mistake you for being anything that you're not. So regardless of how cold it is, make sure you take your hoodie off when you're around people. Y'all, that's still stuff I do to this day. That's still things that are burned into my head and ingrained into who I am as a man. It's not about fear. It's about my mom's effort to protect and preserve her son because of how people look at people that look like me. She didn't teach me to hate. She didn't teach me to point blame. She taught me to realize that because I'm different, people may respond to me in a different way. Now, I'm not asking anybody to try to fully articulate that to someone else or even to understand it completely. Because the reality of it is this. My experience is different from your experience. But what makes us all the same is that we're human. We are all human. And in America, we love to stand behind. We have rights. I can say whatever I want. I can have the right to bear arms. But let's be honest here. There comes a point where us versus them becomes ineffective. Division always causes a breakdown. Division is outside of the will of God. And when we divide as a people, it takes away from more than just our rights. It takes away from God's glory. And I wanted to share that experience. What my mom taught me. What my dad taught me. As a child. I was younger than what my daughter is now. When I had the talk. And even this talk expanded upon even how I'm supposed to handle interacting with law enforcement. Brian, don't say anything. Make sure your driver's license and registration are at the window before he ever gets there. Roll your windows down. Cut the light on. Keep your hands out the window. Keep your hands on the wheel. Tell everybody else in the car to be quiet. All these things. And I'm not telling you this to input pain on you. I'm telling you that this is a reality. And so that 
you can understand this is the importance of why we need to have conversations. Police brutality is real. Racism is real. And the issue of racism is a lot harder to solve than the issue of police brutality. While oftentimes they seem to blend and blur the lines, they're different issues. And I know it's easy to be angry. Um, some of my friends that I spoke to were white who reached out to me. It's almost like they had this guilt. Oh my God, I didn't know. Well, how would you know? And I don't want people to feel as if they can't express themselves, but I want to challenge us as people to have the necessary conversations. And what that means is looking at people that look different from you as how you would want someone to look at you. We're all humans. We're all flawed. We're all sinful by nature. That's what connects us. That's what makes us the same. And when we lose sight of that, we begin to make it about everything that it's not about. Justice takes time. We have to go about this the right way. I don't want you to feel sorry for me as a black male. Pity is not a solution. Blame is not a solution. Social, social media posts are not solutions. Looting, rioting are not solutions. To a degree, protests are not solutions. Guys, get to the root of the issue. Let's talk to people who can make changes. Do you realize that we have federal laws that protect us against injustice? You know that? We do. Think about what redlining is. I don't know if you know what redlining is, but what it is, is it's a federal law that's enacted so that people cannot discriminate against certain people based off where they live. Okay, I might not explain that exactly, but go Google redlining. Okay, we have laws in place to stop discrimination. You think about, you know, I think it's 1920 and women's suffrage. Come on, y'all. We had to make laws in this country to keep from discrimination. So we can definitely make laws and policies to help prevent police brutality. All right. But that takes time. It takes having the right conversations with the right people. And I want to be encouraging in this moment. Okay. I know that there are a lot of people that have been affected by this on multiple different levels. And I want to encourage someone that if they are not a minority, number one, you don't need to feel guilty. The actions that were taken by this officer were his actions alone. Um, no one should ever ask you to take responsibility for someone else's actions. Uh, no one should ever 
ask you to try to explain someone else's thoughts and beliefs. That's just not rational. And so I want people who don't look like me to realize that your part in this is to have necessary conversations with people who are different from you and to realize that what brings us together is us all being humans. And I know that it can be difficult when you have no uh, experience with something. My wife is white and her and I have had multiple conversations and we've had them since the beginning of our marriage. And even last night we were on the phone and she goes, I don't, I don't know how to feel. I mean, I can't fully experience what you experience. And guess what? God gives each of us challenges to overcome in life. I don't expect you to be able to walk in my shoes, but I do expect you to realize that I'm human just like you, right? We all have our challenges, but we all can get through this together. We all can get through this together. And I just want to challenge you if you're a believer. Romans 2.11, for God shows no partiality. So if God doesn't show favoritism, neither should we. Black people, we don't, we're not asking for favoritism. This is not a race issue because race issue is so much bigger than uh, police brutality. It's something that's been ingrained in our society and in our American culture since it started. And as I say that, I just want to let you guys know some history, okay? In 1865, 1865 was the year that slavery got abolished in the United States. That's less than 200 years ago. 1865. Since then, we've had uh, Barack Obama's president, who's biracial, but we we call him the first black president because of the one drop rule. Uh, the one drop rule was a rule that they had back in the day that if you have one drop of black blood or any black in your gene genealogy, then you are considered black. Yeah. Civil rights occurred in the 50s and 60s. Martin Luther King was assassinated in 1968. Well, Brian, why are you saying all these history things? Think about how far we've come in a short, short, short amount of time. Don't forget the progress of this country. All this happened within about 200 years, which is a fart in the wind in history. So we can overcome we can pull together and we can make a huge difference not just for ourselves but for our grandkids for the generations to come that we're all americans that we are humans that we are all people who god loves unconditionally regardless of our color y'all we can do this together 
we have to go about it in a positive way and a progressive way. I get it. You're allowed to feel however you want to feel. But make sure that how you proceed is not just in reaction. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's reached out to me that's expressed their concern, that's expressed their guilt. And I'm glad that in those moments, I can embrace you with love. I can encourage you and tell you that, look, we're in this together. We're in this together. You don't need to worry about me. You don't need to be fearful for me or angry for me because Let's face it, I'm the black male that doesn't live in fear. I've been taught, y'all. My parents have raised me how to handle and deal with racism since I was seven. This year, I'll be 37 years old. So that's 30, almost 30 years of learning how to deal with the paint job that God gave me, which means my skin color. All right. So I just want to encourage you that we're all in this together. I just want to encourage you that if you are a believer, pray about it. Ask God to bring you peace. Ask God to give you wisdom. Get around some people who are different from you and have conversations and be sure to listen. Don't try to justify. Don't try to marginalize. Don't try to blame. Blame fixes nothing. But as we progress, just like with this pandemic, changes were made. The same thing with police brutality. We have to make changes for everybody's safety. All right. It may not look like wearing masks. It may not look like hand sanitizer, but there are things that we can do to actively change how police brutality is affecting this country. In Perfect Church, I wouldn't be me if I didn't read this to you. And I want to challenge you all to go read this because right now, we're in a time where we need love. Love covers a multitude of sins. And it's important now that we love. It's important. That's what will bring us together. That's what conquers so much of the hurt and the pain and the anger. All right. So I'm reading from. First John chapter four, verse 18 through 21. So first John four, 18 through 21. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God 
and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. We got to love. And that means those who have done wrong and those who do right. We have to love y'all. Now's a time where we all come together. We don't need to point fingers. We don't need to want uh, revenge. That's not what God taught us. We want to love. So thank you so much for uh, tuning in to the Imperfect Church Podcast. Uh, You know, I warred with myself about making this episode, but I pray that it really does encourage and inspire somebody who's going through it now, no matter what your feelings are. And so uh, I'm going to do what I do. um, And that's just pray. And then we're going to end this service. God, we thank you for this day. God, we know that you are still God and that you are in full control. God, we know that um, not just in America, but throughout the world, there's a lot of unrest. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of uh, tension. But God, we know that you are our refuge. You are our strength. You are our redeemer. You are our savior. God, you are our provision. And Lord, in this time of so many voices, we ask that you make your voice clear for us. God, we ask that you protect our thoughts, protect our heart, protect us as we go um, to and from. God, protect us from disease. And God, we know that no matter what your will be done, and we know um, that you work all things for our good. And God, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of injustice, in the midst of so much going on, we ask that you be with us, God. Speak to the depths of our heart. Speak to our leaders who are in charge that, God, we make a change that brings you glory and praise. God, I thank you for all the people who are picking up their Bibles now, all the people who are beginning to pray who may have never prayed before. And God, we ask that you bless over the families who are being affected. God, we ask that you bless over our police officers and our law enforcement and all those who are trying to protect people. And God, the ones whose heart are in the wrong place, regardless if they're law enforcement or not, regardless of what color they are, God, we ask that you minister to their hearts, minister to the depths of their pain, minister to the depths of their bad teaching, minister to the depths of what they need so that they can live a life that glorifies you. God, sometimes we don't know what to say. We don't know how to respond. But God, let us not be reactionary people, but responsive people. And God, we want you to get all the glory from this. God, you called us to love one another. God, so increase our love. 
and we know that peace can only come from you. True peace, a lasting peace, a peace that no matter what's going on around us, God, we know that we can trust and rely on you. God, I ask that you forgive us for our sins. God, I ask that you just continue to watch over us. Uh, Lord, allow us to steward um, whatever we have well so that we can all work together and get through this. And that most important, you get all the glory and praise from it. God, I thank you. God, I love you. Um, and God, be with all those who are really struggling right now. And in Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. That's been our service. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, we are the Imperfect Church Podcast. Uh, you can find us on uh, Apple, Spotify, as well as Anchor. And also, too, is check out the Instagram page at Imperfect Church Podcast. So at Imperfect Church Podcast is the Instagram. Um, you got to stay encouraged. And most important, do the right thing. All right. Bless you. Goodbye.